0: She's Tori.
1: And he's Nick.
0: And this is I Want to Rewatch.
1: In X Files Adjacent Podcast.
0: Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Episode 1.
1: What a Night for a Night. In this episode, while walking home from the movies, Shaggy and Scooby Doo discover a suit of armor sitting in a pickup truck. So along with Fred, Daphne, and Velma, they deliver it to the local museum. After learning that the archaeologist who was transporting the suit is missing, the gang breaks into the museum after hours to search for clues. And then they discover the suit of armor has come to life. (gasps) Its original air date was Saturday, September 13th, 1969.
0: Before I was even born. I know. Before I was even conceived, even. Wow. So Scooby-Doo opens. It has an opening sequence. It's got music. It's got a song. And it's got cut scenes from the episodes that go at least through episode eight, as far as I can tell. And it's got like sound effects and bits of dialogue through the opening as well. And then after this opening sequence comes in, then we get an episode title card for the episode that says, Scooby-Doo, where are you in What a Night for a Night? And it shows Scooby and Shaggy, and they're peering around this open crate and a suit of armor with glowing light from inside the visor is walking out of the crate. And then there's a musical sting underneath it, but it's just a static image. So it's like a little episode title card. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the episode. And so we see the headlights of a vehicle approach, and it's a flatbed pickup with a single driver and a crate on the back that reads Deliver to Jameson Hyde White, Professor of Archaeology, London, England. And then the crate opens, and someone in a suit of armor sits up inside of it, and they peer at the driver through the rear window. Ooh, scary.
1: Then we see Shaggy and Scooby-Doo, and Shaggy is a tall, lanky guy. He's got a little bit of like hair on his chin, and he's wearing a green shirt. He has a very long neck, and Mm he has brown hair. And Scooby-Doo is like a Great Dane. Kind of. He's brown. He's got some black spots. He's got a cool blue collar. And he's a very animated dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, Shaggy's got like brown belt bottoms on. And-
1: yeah. yeah. And they're walking through the spooky woods. And I guess they're coming home from a movie. Apparently, Scooby had to stay and watch Star, Dog Ranger of the North Woods, twice. So it's kind of late at night. And there's a wolf howling. And there's also a laugh track on this episode, which is a little jarring. You put that in your notes, but like it's jarring to me, too. And I grew up with like sitcoms that had laugh tracks. And now when you go back and try and watch those things, it's really weird because that just doesn't happen anymore.
0: Well, I think they get rid of the laugh track at some point as well. I don't remember when, though. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird.
1: It's extra weird for a cartoon because you know that there's (laughs) no studio audience. So it's a little odd and then a strange noise comes from the woods and they notice it's coming from a bush so scooby like heads to the bush and kind of like pokes around and shaggy's kind of freaked out and they're both a little you know both a little scared but scooby eventually sticks his head in the bush and he comes out with a frog it's a little frog and the frog leaps away and then scooby being a dog is like, oh, something's running away from me. So he barks and he chases after it. So Shaky shouts after him to come back and then follows. And the frog eventually kind of disappears. And then they notice an abandoned pickup truck. And the suit of armor that we saw earlier is now seated in the driver's seat, but it's not moving. So they kind of like wonder what's going on and they get closer to the truck. And then the helmet of the armor suit falls off. And you can see that there's no one inside it. It's just an empty suit of armor sitting in the seat. And so Shaggy laughs them comfortably and then they both run.
0: Yeah. They're scared.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would be too, yeah. honestly. Like foggy woods and then random truck with a suit of armor. It's, just, it's creepy. Yeah.
0: And we'll learn that's kind of one of their character traits, too. They're both kind of like scaredy cats or whatever.
1: Yeah. You call it. So,
0: yeah. So later, Shaggy and Scooby return to the truck with Fred and Daphne and Velma. And so Fred is like blonde and kind of like, He's fit and he's got like a white like pullover and a little cravat. And so he's kind of Fred's got money. And then Daphne is like, she's a redhead and she's wearing like purple and she's got like pink leggings. And she's like, she's that girl. And then Velma is kind of, eh, you would kind of say frumpy, I guess, but she's got like a, like a He-Man haircut and she's got big thick glasses and she's got an orange turtleneck sweater and then she's got like a little like miniskirt thing on and then big like stockings and shoes. Yeah. So. And so as they wonder what's going on, Shaggy gets in the prerequisite like, oh, I guess he's out for a night. <laughs> we got to get the night jokes in there. Right. So Shaggy's a comedian. And Daphne wonders who the armor could belong to. And Fred reads the tag that says Jameson Hyde White, professor of archaeology, London, England. And then Shaggy's like. I've heard of hide and seek, but never hide white. <laughs> so he's making more jokes again. And Velma tells him it's an English name, you comedian. <laughs> and then Daphne finds a piece of paper on the ground and it's dated June 10th, 1969. And it says that the armor was to be delivered to the county museum. So now they know where the armor was headed, but not why the armor is in the pickup instead of in the crate or what happened to the driver. And to assume the driver is Professor Hyde White. So Fred says it looks like they found themselves another mystery.
1: Yay!
0: Yeah, and as we'll later see with their van, and this is obviously not their first mystery rodeo, so it's just something that they do on the regular.
1: Yeah, I would. Is there like an origin story for these guys, or is this just? Well, it?
0: there is a series that I liked a lot that I think was in the in the late '90s, early two thousand probably like the 90s called a pup named scooby-doo and they're oh. like all little kids and they do the same thing it, it kind of does like all the the jokey tropes of the show like yeah
1: yeah i think i actually watched that when i was a kid it does was pretty familiar. good one. That
0: and had they had, the, they had the music and had the dance scenes and they would do the running and it, was, it was a good show anyway so at the museum mr wickles who is a curator he thanks him for finding the black knight Well, he sort of thinks him because with Professor Hyde White's disappearance, it seems that the curse of the Black Knight is true. He tells him the armor comes to life when the moon is full. And Shaggy's like, he gulps, and he says, (laughs) the moon was full last night. And we, and only we, see that the glowing eyes inside the armor blink when Shaggy says that, so no one else notices it. But then they seal the armor in the crate. And then two workmen take the crate to the medieval room, per Wickle's direction. And so Scooby starts just following the dudes as they carry the crate to the museum. And he walks past some Egyptian art, and then he finds this pair of weird eyeglasses resting on the face of a jade Chinese lion statue. And then Daphne calls out, Scooby Doo, where are you? See what they did there? <laughs> Title of the show. And then Fred says they're leaving. And so Scooby grabs the glasses in his teeth, and then he heads off to go leave with them.
1: So the gang is driving down the street in their van, the Mystery Machine, and Velma mm-hmm. is like, "This mystery has me baffled," and Shaggy says, "It has him hungry," and Scooby pops up from the back seat and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm hungry too." I mean, he doesn't talk; he talks in that Scooby Doo way.
0: He's he kind of there. talks a little. He, bit
1: he kind that. of does, but it's always just like one word, like "Yeah, hungry," you know? Like it's not not long sentences; it's always just like phrases. But we see that he's wearing those weird glasses that he found. So Daphne grabs them and she's like, where'd you get these? And they realize he must have gotten them at the museum. And they're wondering what kind of glasses they are. So they go to the place of answers, the public library.
0: Yay. Yay,
1: libraries. So Velma learns from a book that there are special type of magnifying glasses that are used by jewelers, scientists, and archaeologists. And they're only made in England. And Fred is like, archaeologists. And Daphne's like, England. And everyone's like, Professor Hyde-White.
0: Yeah, they all look up and like break the fourth wall and just stare right (laughs) at the camera and be like,
1: Professor Hyde-White. So Fred says, there's something fishy going on at that museum. And tonight, they're going fishing.
0: (gasps) And then it's a commercial. Yeah, imagine that. No one died nice it's nice to have commercials and no one dies that's very good <laughs> i mean this is like a cartoon on saturday morning so probably not a lot of death not going a ton on. of death but, No. <laughs> yeah anyway still got to get those commercials in though
1: oh yeah especially on saturday mornings that is prime oh, advertising time
0: yeah so under a full moon the gang is at the rear entrance of the museum. And Fred seems pretty surprised that the museum is locked up securely because, like, just budging <laughs> on the door doesn't immediately open it. So he's like, wow, this is strange.
1: <laughs> it makes you wonder okay, how <laughs> often they just go up to a building in the middle of the night and just, like, get in because the door is unlocked or something. Like, clearly yeah. that happens a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah. So since the door won't open, Fred decides that Shaggy is going to have to go up through a small window at the very top of the building because he's the skinniest. Mm-hmm. So... Then they pull a ladder out of the van, but unfortunately the ladder isn't tall enough. But Fred is undeterred and tells Shaggy to climb it, and while he's climbing it, Fred gets the jack out of the van. So with Shaggy perched on the top of the ladder, Fred uses the jack to raise up the ladder. But despite the jack going up about like five feet, which is kind of crazy for a jack, it's pretty tall, it's still not high enough. But Daphne says, no problem, because Shaggy is the swingingest gymnast in school. And so Shaggy manages to leap up, like, at least six feet, and he, like, slides through the window. And then the camera pans down the building, and you hear, like, <laughs> as he, like, falls through, like, all the different floors of the museum, hopefully not breaking, like, some irreplaceable artifacts. But he gets in, at least. So that's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny they put the ladder up to the building and, like, it's not tall enough. And I was like, <laughs> we've got a solution. I don't remember anything. So I watched a lot of Scooby Doo as a kid. Obviously, there are a million iterations of this show, and I watched them all, including the ones with Scrappy Doo. Like, I have seen many.
0: Oh, I despise Scrappy Doo.
1: I honestly think I've seen these because I'm pretty sure these episodes, the originals, reran many times oh, yeah. as a kid. So I'm sure I've seen yeah. them before. It felt very familiar. I don't remember anything about Shaggy being a gymnast. And I think that that's a really one off. I think it is a one off, but it's too bad because it would be cool if he had like this special skill set. Cause you know, like Velma is kind of the bookish smart one and they've all got their own little traits and you know, Shaggy is reliably the one who like is kind of stoned and runs away. (laughs) So it would be cool if he were like also the, the gymnast acrobat type guy, but I, I don't think it's something that they keep up, which is a shame.
0: Yeah. So it turns out that Shaggy apparently did break some stuff because he shakily emerges from a pile of broken pillars and vases and clay tablets. And he's got like this Roman looking helmet on his head. And he's kind of like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> but then so he gets up and he's creeping through the museum to find the door to let everyone in. And he sees the black Knight on display shining in the moonlight. So he goes over and he knocks on it. That it sounds hollow. And he's like, whoo, glad it's empty. Then he continues to look for the door and he passes by what I think I tried to do some research on this. I couldn't. I think it's a Peruvian mummy. I could be wrong or some, or maybe like a Native American. I'm not sure, but it's some kind of like. America's sort of mummified, like statue looking thing and it's on display. But as Shaggy walks by, the important part is when he walks by it, there is a pair of eyes behind the mask and the eyes follow him as he goes down the hallway.
1: Ooh, creepy. Yeah. So Shaggy finally lets everyone in and Fred decides they should split up and cover more ground. So he and Daphne will cover one half of the museum and Shaggy and Velma will cover the other half. And Scooby's job is going to be to stand guard. So Scooby kind of cowers and refuses. And then Fred is like, will you do it for a Scooby snack? And Scooby manages to haggle for two Scooby Snacks, and so Fred agrees, and he gives him the treats.
0: Yep. So, Scooby Snacks will become a continuing thing in the show. And I have to say, for me, like, as a kid, and also as an adult, Scooby Snacks always look like peanut butter cookie dough balls. Like, when you make peanut butter cookies, then you roll them into balls before you smash them to bake them. Like, I've always thought of those as Scooby Scooby snacks and so to this day I will still sometimes make peanut butter cookies just for the purpose of eating Scooby snacks for my (laughs) wife yells at me to stop eating all the dough so
1: I mean that sounds amazing you should do that all the time you should send me some and (laughs) (laughs) now I want peanut butter cookie dough peanut butter cookie dough is the best cookie dough for sure
0: I don't know if it's the best cookie dough but it definitely has that like like childhood thing for me of like Scooby snacks so
1: yeah I can see that
0: so, emboldened and braven by deliciousness, Scooby paces back and forth by the door on guard duty, but then eventually he's scared by his own shadow, and he runs and he meets up with Shaggy and Velma, and he ends up tackling Shaggy, almost like Calvin and Hobbes style. Boom! Like, they go flying down the hallway, and then Shaggy finally says that Scooby can come with them, so Scooby sighs relief, and then, like, <laughs> licks him a bunch. And yeah, Shaggy's like, Ah, oh, stop, stop, stop. So... So then we cut to the Egyptian wing and we see Fred and Daphne. They're kind of looking around, but behind them, we see a partially open sarcophagus and they're all like standing upright along the walls and one of them is kind of open and then a hand from the inside closes it. (gasps) There's someone in the sarcophagus. Mm. Then we cut back to Scooby and Velma and Shaggy and they're walking past the window, like one by one. First it's Scooby, then it's Velma and it's Shaggy and through the window we can see the full moon and then Shaggy kind of doubles back and he pulls down the shade and Velma's like why did you do that? Shaggy's like remember the full moon turns that black knight on and then he points and the black knight's in the corner and Velma's like that's just a superstitious old legend but Shaggy's like Mm-mm, I'm not taking any chances and Scooby's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he agrees
1: <laughs> yeah so, I thought that was actually pretty clever because <laughs> I mean I realized that like I don't I mean it's like a werewolf I don't think closing the curtains is going to do anything but it was cute I thought it was a good moment yeah.
0: So Then Velma and Scooby peer into this room and Shaggy's walking behind them and he's apparently completely aware they stopped and he just keeps walking and then Velma and Scooby enter the room and they realize they lost Shaggy and Scooby's like, uh-oh! And then it's commercial. Uh-oh. And again, no one died, so cool.
1: Yeah. So Velma and Scooby creep around the Hall of Armor and they're trying to find Shaggy and they walk past the Black Knight and then it begins to follow them and eventually scooby sees a shadow loom and he looks back to see a black knight and he tries to get velma's attention but she's like not now scooby and so she's like not looking behind herself and he tries to get her attention again and this time he accidentally knocks her over and knocks off her glasses And Velma, of course, cannot see without her glasses, which we all know like she has very bad vision, which that's got to be a bummer because I wear glasses, but if I take them off I can reasonably see everything just fine. So that would be really hard. And so she's on the ground like fumbling around looking for her glasses. But the black knight apparently also has trouble seeing because as he's heading towards them, he trips over Velma who's like on her hands and knees crawling around and then he lands in this stockade which like closes and so then he like is in the stocks and he's like trapped and can't get out and so he like yeah nick is better doing the voices but yeah like (laughs) rars like that he's trying to get three and velma mistakes him for shaggy and she's like i told you to take care of that cold so she thinks his voice is just all messed up because he was sick But luckily, she brought his medicine. And so she's, like, not wearing her glasses, trying to pour medicine into a spoon. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. And Scooby, has meanwhile, buried himself in a potted plant when he saw the night. When he, like, knocked over, he ran and jumped in a plant and buried himself. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah. Famously brave Scooby-Doo. Yep.
0: Yeah. So Shaggy's running around, and he's looking for Velma and Scooby. And fortunately, he comes upon the scene just in time to have the spoonful of medicine, like, shoved into his mouth by Velma, who somehow has now found her glasses between, like, pouring the medicine and changing I know. am not sure.
1: That jarred me at first. <laughs> I thought maybe it was an animation mistake because I was like, oh, she's wearing her... Well, it obviously
0: <laughs> was, but... <laughs>
1: And then like, but no, but then she recognizes she can see him, so she knows it's him. Yeah. So it's one of those so they things just where it's like. kind of skipped
0: over that part. Of like, yeah,
1: yeah, it's kind of weird, like where.
0: So possibly animation error, also definitely continuity error. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but seeing that the Black Knight's in the stockade, Shaggy grabs Velma and then they run and then Scooby pops up at the plant and like sees everybody's gone. And so he runs away as well. And the Black Knight is still stuck there, trapped in the stockade. Mm-hmm. So then Scooby, he pops his head into this room. And his eyes get super big and his tongue like lolls out of his mouth because the room is full of dinosaur skeletons. Mm-hmm. So he's all ruby-roo and he runs over to a dinosaur that's kind of like a Tyrannosaurus type exhibit. And he licks one of the leg bones and he's all ruby-roo-roo and he grabs the bone and pulls it away. And so then the skeleton, of course, collapses down upon him. But as it falls, the tail of the dinosaur tears through this curtain, and behind it is the Black Knight. He somehow has gotten free, and is not particularly happy. And then he starts, and Scooby pops up from the pile of bones, and he's like, ooh, sorry! And he, like, somehow, like, he like, throws the bones up, and then, like, magically (laughs) reassembles the dinosaur, and then he runs away.
1: Apparently, his hidden talent is reassembling skeletons. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. He should be an archaeologist.
0: I mean, obviously, and we should say, like, those aren't really bones they're usually just cast or they're you know oh yeah and i mean usually they're also bones aren't bones they're also
1: usually well most of the real fossils are kept in like climate controlled areas and what you see in a museum is like a replica especially of sue my favorite tyrannosaurus because i have one um (laughs) i was really uh, i'm really into jurassic park if you guys don't know this about me there are some things i'm super into and dinosaurs is
0: one of them Jurassic Park is cool. I'm actually more of an Allosaurus fan. That's fair. Tyrannosaurus fan. That's but, fair. Yeah.
1: They're pretty hardy predators. Tyrannosaurus is kind of a hot mess. That's kind of why I like them because,
0: like, uh, the little
1: arms, big tails, giant. Yeah, head. I think that's why I
0: like, like, Allosaurus is kind of like a better proportion Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, the head's not so big. It's actually got some arms.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, T Rex, pretty bad. You could see an
0: Allosaurus, like, evolving into, like, a slee stack. Although they probably were, like, velociraptors that evolved into slee stacks, but sure anyway
1: yeah well the tyrannosauruses were not actually around for that long so not the mighty dinosaur we think i mean they were pretty badass look let's not talk about dinosaurs this will be be here all day yeah
0: and when you see pictures of them fighting stegosauruses totally correct because they didn't they were like like their actually time frame is different than like our time frame and tyrannosauruses from what i understand
1: so yeah, they, they were the... farther apart from Stegosauruses than we actually are to the T-Rex. Yeah. So that's how yeah. they did not ever cross paths. But yeah. it does look really cool. Yeah. And Jurassic exactly. Park can get around that because they're just cloning stuff left and right, so they can have whatever they want. Did they like actually? Did together. they
0: have Stegosauruses in Jurassic Park? I don't think they did. Yes. Did they?
1: Yeah. No, they do.
0: They did. Okay. Yeah.
1: At least in one okay. of them, because I have seen. I don't know if it was the original one, but there there have been stegosauruses. Okay. Because I know Park.
0: they have like a like a. I don't think it's a triceratops. But it's one of those types, right? Because there's different like a lot, lot, lot of different. Yeah, types, like the one with of, like kind of the that flatter. body build. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So, it's one of those, but I don't know if there's actually a triceratops. Anyway,
1: looks like we need to rewatch Jurassic. Park. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Shaggy and Velma have found Fred and Daphne, and Shaggy is telling them how the Black Knight is alive and roaming the halls. And Velma's like, "If only we had a clue." I'm not. I understand that there's a the museum to solve the mystery of what happened, but like it is kind of a weird, like, oh, this guy's wandering around. If only we had a clue. It's kind of a weird, like a clue. The about, clue is
0: there's a knight roaming around. The clue
1: around. is there's a guy <laughs> in a suit of armor wandering around trying to hurt
0: you. Or um, it's a actually alive armor.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. The armor is alive. That's a clue.
0: Yeah.
1: But suddenly Scooby comes tearing through the hall and he tackles Shaggy again. And he's like scooby velma didn't mean you and then shaggy notices that there's a picture missing from the wall and he thinks mm-hmm. that might be a clue so they go to get the others and when they arrive back the picture is no longer missing so they're like shaggy all the pictures are here what are you smoking they don't say that yeah, and but apparently
0: that's- like Scooby like knocked them way oh, far yeah. away with Shaggy because they had to like go back and get them and then come back.
1: Yeah, he knocked them so. like super far down the hall. But then yeah. Daphne notices something under the painting, and she's like, "Well, if that's blood, that might be a clue." So Fred examines it and realizes it's not blood; it's paint. But there's a trail of it, so they follow the paint trail, and they pass the Peruvian mummy again, and its eyes follow them as they pass. <sighs>
0: trail of paint leads to the Egyptian mummy case that we saw earlier that someone had closed from the inside. Fred is like, Shaggy, help me open this. And Shaggy's like, nope, nope, not gonna do that. I don't like surprises, especially spooky ones. So Fred is like, oh, fine. So Fred pulls on it and it like slides open and then it reveals a secret passage into a special room. And inside are paints and canvases and two paintings that look exactly the same, except one is not actually finished. So and they're kind of like Rembrandt style paintings. Mm-hmm. and Velma asks if anyone is thinking what she's thinking and Fred says you're right we've just about solved the mystery and Shaggy and Scooby-Doo are like <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about and Fred's like we don't have time to explain we've got to go get the sheriff and so Daphne's like well we can take the back way out and she opens the door and there's the black knight and no. Shaggy and Scooby are like
1: ah
0: and they're like leave it to Daphne to pick the wrong door and then it's commercial.
1: Yeah, which is like a laugh line, but I don't get the joke. <laughs> like, I guess maybe because I don't know Daphne well enough, maybe she has this proclivity of, like, choosing yeah. the wrong door. Well, Daphne
0: will eventually get the moniker of danger-prone Daphne.
1: Okay, well, I was thinking maybe yeah. she was on Monty Hall and didn't win any money, but <laughs> that's a reference <laughs> sorry kids i'm not that old actually i just know about that but
0: you watched all that daytime tv as a kid
1: i did oh my god (laughs) i watched so much television my whole life has been shaped by tv so i know a lot of things
0: i was was more of a oh god i can't think what it's called hollywood squares kind of guy
1: okay yeah i was very into like supermarket sweep and the price is right
0: Oh, I, I would watch prices. Right. I think I think um, Hollywood Squares is actually like an evening game show. Yeah. Like Price is right. And the rest of those are like daytime ones. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I think Price is right. And like supermarket sweep. That was all stuff you watched when you stayed homesick. I was homesick yeah. a lot as a kid. So I think I just watched a lot of that stuff or like in the summer and stuff, too. So the black knight chases Shaggy and he calls for help from Scooby. And Scooby arrives in a beret and smock. And he's got an easel and a canvas and a palette of paints. And the Black Knight roars at him. And then Scooby visualizes the scene to, like, paint. And then he's, like, he's like, he, like, pictures what he wants to paint. And then he squirts some paint onto the canvas. And as he does, the paint squirts into the Black Knight's visor. And so he can't see. And everyone runs. Yeah. Neat trick, I guess. I thought he was going to actually just, like, paint a portrait of the Black Knight and then, like, hand it to him and, like, charge him for it or something, Maybe. but I've watched Yeah, it he's doing years. the
0: little, like, where he's, like, squinting and using his thumb as, like, hmm, yeah. hmm, looking at the knight, looking at the canvas, looking at the knight, looking at the canvas, and then he's just squirt, squirt, and then, <laughs> yeah. So then Shaggy and Scooby duck into the side room as the knight continues to chase Fred, Daphne, and Velma, and the two of them hide under a bearskin rug. And they try to sneak away under the rug. And so the rug is like undulating across the floor, like And they go past the Black Knight, but the Black Knight steps on it. And then the rug stops and they keep walking and then they realize they've been seen. And so they scramble under this table with a tablecloth and the Black Knight appears and he lifts the table up, but there's nothing under the table. Let me see that's cause Shaggy and Scooby are like clean to the legs from underneath it. And then the Black Knight throws the table against the wall and then Shaggy and Scooby get up and they run. And then everyone's reunited, but they're still running from the Black Knight, and they run into the Relic Room. And the Black Knight follows them, but then he's, like, looking around, and he can't see anyone because everyone's hidden. Fred and Daphne and Velma are hiding in an old military tank. Meanwhile, Shaggy and Scooby are hiding in a biplane. And then Shaggy decides that he's going to try and use his ventriloquism to lure the Black Knight away. So he uses it, and it works, and the Black Knight leaves the room and goes to find out where Shaggy's voice is coming from. And then Scooby, that's like kind of laughing and snickering. And then his tail is wagging. And when his tail is wagging, it flips the switch inside the plane and starts the engine. Oh,
1: no. Oh, no. Yep. So the two of them shout for help as the plane propels across the room. And of course, it lifts off. Of course, it does. And so Shaggy pulls out a little pilot cap. And <laughs> Scooby one. does. Scooby does. I'm sorry. Scooby pulls out a little pilot cap. And then outside the room, the Black Knight runs as the plane crashes through the opening and it shears off its wings. And the Black Knight is cornered. And despite an attempt to divert the plane by Shaggy, uh, which, of course, results in a wingless loop-de-loop, the plane... Yeah, somehow the plane
0: does a loop-de-loop even though it doesn't have any wings. You know, it's,
1: it's very advanced technology. And the plane crashes into the Black Knight. And so Scooby runs over and he pulls the helmet off the crumpled armor, and Fred says, just as we thought. And then Daphne's like, it's Mr. Wickles, the curator. And so she apparently hadn't figured it out like Fred. Apparently, Fred had yeah. it all. Yeah, she sounded
0: a little friend. surprised, like, it's Mr. Wickles, the curator. So, yeah. Or maybe she just upspeaks. I don't know. Daphne would be an upspeaker for sure. So, <laughs> yeah. so later, with Wickles handcuffed and the two workmen standing by the sheriff, the sheriff is thinking the gang. Because apparently the local authorities would never have suspected that Wickles was the art swindler. And Fred says, it was a neat setup. Wickles and his gang exchanged the real paintings in the museum for their fake ones. And then Daphne is like, yeah, they make their fakes at night in the secret room behind the mummy case. And Velma says, that's why they had to get rid of Professor Hyde White. Because he's the only one who would have been able to discover that those were fakes. And then suddenly Daphne is like, oh my God, we never found Professor Hyde White. But fortunately, we hear some barking, and then Scooby-Doo shows up with the shoe, and he leads them to that Peruvian mummy that we kept seeing with the eyeballs moving all around, and there's like this bare foot sticking out from under the cloak of the mummy, and the sheriff pulls the mask and the cloak away, and there's Professor Hyde White, he's all tied and gagged, and he's just standing there, and he's been in there the whole time, so it's his eyeballs that we saw.
1: Oh, so he was watching them, hoping for help. Yep. Yeah, and apparently Wickles is like neil caffrey good at making forgeries because no one else would have ever suspected except for this one professor who knows the art really really well
0: yeah he was apparently like the super professor he's like egyptologist and like art expert and, yeah like he's, so he's, he's the good only good one stuff. who
1: would have spotted these fakes so that guy should have gone into like art heisting a long time ago if he's yeah. that skilled.
0: i also wonder because the sheriff talks about how like Wickles and his gang were doing the paintings, and so like I'm not sure if the workmen are supposed to be part of the gang coup because they're just standing there. They're not handcuffed, but they're standing there. So I don't know if they're part of the gang or if they just happen to be there because they were there. I'm not sure. Yeah, so.
1: I don't know. So later in the museum office, Professor Hyde White is talking with Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy, and he's saying there was never a curse. Wickles just used the story to cover up the professor's disappearance. And he somehow managed to get into the armor at the train station when Hyde White went to pick it up, and then he attacked the professor on the way to the museum.
0: Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. I know. Also, I'm surprised he squeezed into that armor, because Wickles is kind of chunky.
1: Yeah! You know, hey. And suddenly there's this horrible sound, and they turn around, and they see the Black Knight's armor sitting behind a desk, and it's moving and groaning. And everyone's like... (gasps) oh no and they're a little scared and it rises up and it comes out from behind the desk and then we see it has no lower armor it's just dog legs
0: dog legs
1: and then the black knight lifts its visor and we see scooby-doo inside and he's like scooby-doo and chuckles and everyone laughs
0: Yep, and then it's over, and we get the end credit sequence, <laughs> which is exactly the same as the opening sequence, including the songs and the dialogue and the sounds. It just has the credits overlaid to like, you know, who drew it and who the voices are and everything. So, Yep. <laughs> Yay.
1: Yay.
0: We didn't even get a, if it wasn't for you kids and your dog. But
1: yeah, well, I think that'll I think that come maybe, later.
0: I think that comes later, yeah. So speaking of credits, we're going to meet our players. And this is where I get to nerd out and relive my childhood for quite some time.
1: And what's funny so. is that I get to do the same thing because even though these episodes, you know, obviously aired before we were both born, like they they kept replaying them over and over. So like we yeah. have and this cast does continue to voice the cast pretty much through the 90s. I think at least most of them continue yeah. to voice them. So it's the same people, even if it was a different iteration of the show.
0: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So, Don Messick, he is Scooby Doo, and he continued to Scooby Doo all the way up until 1996. He actually had a stroke while he was recording at Hanna-Barbera, and then he retired. And then he sadly died from a second stroke in 1997.
1: Oh, that's really sad.
0: So among his other voices, he was Bam Bam in The Flintstones. He was Boo Boo in The Yogi Bear Show. He was Astro in Jetson, the dog. He was Muttley in Wacky Races and Dastardly and Muttley in Their Flying Machines and Their Dog. He was Godzuki in the Godzilla, Hanna-Barbera, Godzilla cartoon. It was Papa Smurf and Azrael in The Smurfs. Nice. It was Hampton in Tiny Toons. Yay! And... He also is is almost every single villain in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? (laughs) Like, almost every villain is him. So, like, he does Scooby-Doo, and he does almost every single villain. That's funny. He was also Scrappy-Doo in later incarnations. And then his Scooby-Doo labs are also actually used in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was a version from 2010 to 2013, but they used archival recordings. Okay. Someone else does Scooby-Doo's voice, who we'll get into later, but they used his laughs in the, as part of the archival stuff.
1: Oh, that's cool. So,
0: yep. Yeah. Shaggy is Casey Kasem.
1: Oh, Casey Kasem.
0: Oh, Casey Kasem. And he voiced Shaggy up until 2009. And his actual final voice work ever was as Shaggy's father in Scooby-Doo Mr. Incorporated in 2013. Oh, wow. So he didn't play Shaggy in Mystery Incorporated, but he was Shaggy's dad in like five episodes. And then he died in 2014. Um, He actually died in Gig Harbor, Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean... I obviously I recognized Shaggy's voice, and I was like, "Where do I know that voice from?" And then I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, of course, Casey Kasem." Keep your feet
0: on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, because of course, American Top Forty. He was also Cliff Jumper <laughs> in Transformers, and then obviously in Transformers the movie, the only Transformers movie from 1986. He was Robin and Dick Grayson, the Yay! And I know you're a Dick Grayson fan. I am
1: a big Dick Grayson yep. fan.
0: Yep, And then he was Mark in Battle of the Planets, a.k.a. G-Force, which is the English dub of Science Ninja Team Gotcha Man. And then he also played himself a lot, um, yeah. as in Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah, he was so. in a lot of stuff. So yeah, that yeah. was cool.
0: So Frank Welker is Fred Jones, and he's basically been Fred Jones forever. I think he still does Fred Jones and all the Scooby-Doo stuff. Oh my gosh. He also eventually takes over the Scooby-Doo role as well, when Messick passes away. Oh, wow. So... Here's the thing with Frank Welker. He's in, like, just to... You could not go over... His, it, you It would take a podcast series to go over all his roles. He has over 860 film, television, and video game credits. He is one of the most prolific screen actors of all time. And of all the stuff he's worked on, it has a total worldwide box office gross of $17.4 billion. And he mm. is the third highest grossing film actor of all time. And most people have never even heard his name.
1: Right. Well, because... He does a lot of voice work, and yeah. I think people don't appreciate how hard voice acting is. It's incredibly rigorous, and it's different. We've talked about it before. Different skill set to being a screen actor, but you know you don't get a lot of the fame because people don't see no. your face. They just you're just a name. So a lot of but yeah, that's really impressive.
0: Yeah. So he, like I said, he would take on Scooby Doo following Mystics retirement and death. He was Marvin and Wonder Dog in Super Friends. He was Dino Mutt, the dog wonder, in Dino Mutt Dog Wonder. He was Megatron, Soundwave, Ravage, Rumble, Frenzy, and a whole bunch of other characters in Transformers and mm-hmm. in Transformers, the movie. He was Megatron and Soundwave in Transformers Prime. And he also does a lot of animal noises and like just general effects. Like he was Cujo in Cujo, the dog. He did Spock's screams in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. So when Spock That's is like, so oh!
1: wild to me, That's he did so funny. the screams for that. That's and then he awesome. was
0: Ace the Bat Hound in Batman Beyond and he was basically all the gremlins and gremlins and then the fact that he did Spock screams in Star Trek 3 means that he sort of did Leonard Nimoy's voice at least twice because he also voiced Galvatron in the tv series third season Transformers whereas Leonard Nimoy did Galvatron in the movie nice
1: yeah I also grew up watching Transformers because that was one of Andrew's favorite cartoons and Andrew had like the Optimus prime toy that was really hard to find for one christmas and like just like a million transformer toys and so we always watch transformers and we saw transformers the movie in the theater i'm pretty sure
0: so did i yeah Yeah. when i lived in las vegas and had chicken pox yeah it was super awesome
1: definitely a big part of my childhood as well
0: (laughs) yeah no transformers was my thing yes definitely so yeah just like just megatron is like that's frank walker boom but then he's like his his credits are ridiculous. Look oh, on yeah. the Wikipedia page, it's insane. So, I'm not sure how to say this. Stefaniana, Stefaniana, Stefaniana Christofferson, yeah. yeah, I guess she is Daphne Blake, and her Wikipedia page is actually under Indira Stefaniani because she was born Indira Stefaniani Christofferson, and then she's also credited as Indira Danks. And then obviously as Stefanana Kristofferson, which is what she's credited here doing Daphne. She was a character actor, a stage actress, and a recording artist. At the age of 18, she moved to Iceland and had a singing career in several languages. And then when she moved back to the United States, she started doing stage career. And she actually made her television debut in 1967 as the Bachelorette on The Dating Game. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, so whatever. I, I, and I don't know if they mean, like, on the debut episode of The Dating Game. They lifted as that episode, the Bachelorette, on The Dating Game. So I'm not sure if it like it was the first episode of The Dating Game or just... Because, obviously, there was a different Bachelorette on every episode.
1: Right. I think so. it was just her debut was an episode. But, yeah, it's hard to yeah. say.
0: And then she actually sang the at t jingle, Reach Out and Touch Someone, and she won a Clear Award for it. Huh. Kind of crazy. Cool. So, yeah. And then, finally... Last but not least, we get to Nicole Jaffe, and she is Velma Dinkley. She's Canadian, one thing. And then she returned to do Velma's voice in the new Scooby-Doo movies from 1972 to 1974. But then she kind of retired from acting and voice work. And she, under her married name of Nicole David, she formed the Rifkin-David Agency in 1982 with Arnold Rifkin. Which was merged two years later into the Triad Artist Agency, which was then later sold to the William Morris Agency in 1992 for like over 20 million dollars. Oh and my she gosh. worked as a senior agent and the senior vice president at William Morris and its successor William Morris Endeavor until 2013. And she,, like was like the agent for like John Travolta and Whitney Houston and Lauren Hill and Elijah Wood, among some of a lot of the people that she did for. And then she eventually returned to Scooby-Doo for three direct-to-video movies, Scooby-Doo Winter Wonderland in 2002, Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire, and Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico what were both in 2003. Nice. So she kind of stepped away after a bit and then came back. But she uh, was making some bank as a talent agent. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. No kidding. That's it's cool. kind of crazy
0: when you learn some of these people's like backstories, like what they did. Like You know them for one thing, and then you like learn like they have entire lives beyond that. And you're like, oh, my God. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is really funny. What a cool cast. Yeah, it definitely all the voices were really familiar, and the show was really familiar. And it was really fun. It was just fun to watch it again, because I know I've seen this episode before, but it's obviously been a really long time, so it was fun yeah. to see it.
0: Yay, Scooby-Doo! Yay! So, if you had to say, so Velma is probably the Scully, right? Because she's the skeptic, if we're doing an X Files adjacent kind of she's thing.
1: She's the skeptic and she's also the like booky, like let's find evidence kind of one, which I really like.
0: Yeah. Who do you think would be Mulder?
1: Oh, that's tough.
0: I'm thinking Fred.
1: Yeah. I mean, it kind of, the thing is like, I feel like Scooby and Shaggy, at least in the iterations that I remember, and again, been a really long time, I tend to remember that Scooby and Shaggy tend to be the ones going like, hey, this creepy thing is happening, and I think Fred is not as quick to jump on the bandwagon that it's a ghost, but it's been a long time since I've seen it, so maybe I'm wrong. I feel like he tends to be the one who figures out what's really happening.
0: Yeah, Fred usually has the plan, like the intricate plan of like when they get into the We'll eventually get into things where, like, they have, like, these crazy plans on how they're going to catch the ghost or monster or whatever. And it's usually Fred has the plan. But, yeah, I guess kind of, like, a hodgepodge because, like, Shaggy and Scooby definitely believe in, like, ghosts and all that kind of stuff. Yes. For sure. So And they're definitely quick to to go,
1: woods are haunted, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, to be fair, when you're out in the woods and things are creepy, even I get, like, oh, woods are haunted. (laughs) Yeah. But, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to rate these because these are just. Yeah, it's
1: hard. It's going to be hard, they're just right? Fun. They're yeah, fun they're little just fun. cartoons that, you know, obviously yeah. the, we both grew up watching them. So they have a special place in our hearts and they are very like paranormal, supernatural type stuff. But almost always, I'm pretty sure there's very rare instances where it turns out there's actually something paranormal going
0: on. Yeah, I think of the later stuff. I think Scooby-Doo, I haven't watched all of Scooby-Doo, Mr. Incorporated. I found that one because it has Blue Falcon and Wonder Dog in it. And I'm kind of a Blue Falcon fan. Okay. And Wonder Dog. And so I think in that one, there is like some paranormal stuff going on. I think they, I think they started shifting to making things actually be more paranormal. I remember, I remember in one of the movies, one of the like the promos was actually like, you know, because you're just like, oh, we're going to pull the mask off the monster. And like, they can't. It actually is like a monster. Okay. So it's like, ah! That's that my face. Yeah. So I seem to remember that at one point where that was like, that was a thing where it turns out it's, it's not a guy in a suit. It actually is <laughs> like some paranormal creature. So, yeah. So I think they kind of shift that. But that's that's much later, like probably like in the nineties and two thousands is where they start doing that. And I don't think they do that all the time, but I think at one point they did do that.
1: So. Yeah. I could see I mean I can see it happening a couple of times. I just my memory of it is that it's usually someone trying to make money off something. Yes, yeah, some I have way.
0: I haven't I, I never watched the live action ones.
1: I haven't where, either. Uh, but like Sarah Michelle Gellar's in that, and I was say, think, it,
0: does, doesn't yeah, I would say, doesn't Buffy play Daphne?
1: Yeah, she does, and I yeah. think there's some stuff between like Velma and Daphne. I don't know how. Okay. Although I don't know how much of that is like fans cutting stuff together for gift sets oh, that you would see on Tumblr, okay. but like I don't, I should watch it because like I think it'd be like a fun you know, movie that you put on and it's just kind of get some popcorn and hang out. So, I mean, that would be wow. a fun one to watch. Well, if
0: we're doing these, maybe at some point we'll do those too. Yeah, because, that could be fun. I mean, we're obviously not going to do every single iteration of Scooby-Doo because that would be... No,
1: impossible. that would be a whole podcast on its own. and Yeah, and
0: that would be many, 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 many episodes. <laughs> Probably more episodes than The X-Files, honestly. So, uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't seen those. There was a new like 3D animation one that just came out called Scoob okay which i also haven't seen I haven't either and then apparently velma is going to get her own next foot series
1: yes and i was really excited about that and then i haven't heard anything about it for a while i don't know if it's because of covid or what but i remember hearing about it and thinking that's going to be really fun and then it just i don't know what happened so i don't know when that's coming yeah. out but that's cool i'm down i will watch that yeah
0: Alrighty, well, the inauguration episode of Sco- is that the right word? Inauguration episode, the inaugural, the inaugural. inaugural. I think inaugural is the yeah. word you're looking okay. for. I, we, we did not having. At-
1: we just made you the president of Scooby-Doo. There's your yeah, inauguration. We know I'm not good with
0: words. So, <laughs> That's okay. <yeah.
1: laughs>
0: anyway, yay! Words so. are hard. Yeah,
1: I have yeah. words from an inauguration speech tattooed on my arm. Oh yeah. It okay. says with malice toward none. Oh. It's from Lincoln's second inaugural address.
0: I have I'm a nerd. Some hellboy chithubu monster coming out of a, a void in space on my arm.
1: Yeah, that's a lot cooler. <laughs> Yours is a lot cooler. And then, is... I've,
0: and then I've got and then I've got the reboot from reboot the animation. I've got the little oh, nice. symbol. So. I
1: also as in pure recovering goth fashion, I have an onk with a scarab on my shoulder. Oh, it's on my back that I always forget is there and then sometimes when I'm getting out of the shower and I see it in the mirror I think there's a spider on me <laughs> <laughs> and then i remembered that i have a tattoo back there and i'm like oh god oh
0: it must be small
1: it's it's pretty small it's, it's a small little okay off. i was
0: like if you think either that you yeah. are, are very cool at having a giant spider on your shoulder
1: no no it's pretty tiny and i'm just like ah i'm like oh yeah wait no that got would a tattoo be weird because sometimes
0: i forget that i have the tattoos i have too yeah but...
1: i don't think about them all the time and then all of a sudden i'm just like wait i have a tattoo back there whoops i yeah. forgot that existed because
0: well, i have like two on my forearms and then one on my shoulder but yeah yeah Anyway, enough of that.
1: So. <laughs> Thank you for joining us.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Tattoo Talk. Yeah. All righty.
1: All right. Let's do the credits here. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag just a Bedroom Closet.
0: Episode production, design, and editing is by and Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz And the truth is what we make of it. Bye the agreements
1: our premium feed is where you can find all of our x files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are you guessed it x files adjacent if you like these bonus episodes tell a friend about our patreon page we'd love to have them join us
0: speaking of which be sure to join us next time as we re-watch episode two of scooby-doo where are you hassle in the castle
1: i really love these titles they're so fun and try to figure out if the the truth truth is still out there. The truth is what we make of it.
0: I think we nailed it.
1: Okay, cool. I didn't know. All yeah. right.
0: I think we have that 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 excitement and exuberance of the first time. I think that <laughs> is perfect. Again, <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot <laughs> that we normally do it 3 times, but for that do one. Okay. We'll just do it once. Mm,